Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Hey there, and welcome to Your Life is Awesome. My name is Cameron Moore. I'm the host of this podcast, and I am the creator of Smut Slam International, which makes me the perfect person to let you know what the heck is going on here on the podcast. First of all, uh, this is entirely stories drawn from Smut Slam that take place around our network. That network is extensive and cool, and I will tell you about it more later. But for now, all you need to know is... A lot of times our podcast, every episode is coming from a different location. Sometimes we blend them in from different places. And where we get the stories from, well, our shows happen like this. We just get a room and a bar usually. And then people show up at a door. They're ready to hear stories. We ask them, would you like to tell your own story? They put their name in the hat if they want to tell. And then we draw out those names one at a time over the course of the evening. So the programs are spectacular. They are uncurated. They are they are unplanned. And usually I'm just as surprised as the audience about what the heck comes out. Um, all of the stories, of course, we check with the tellers to make sure they're okay with sharing these stories. We double check. We are very cool on consent in this house. This particular episode was recorded in Berlin on October 23rd. The theme was bump in the night. Now I'm always looking for things that are seasonally appropriate. And, and yeah, I personally, I wanted to go with the blood and guts themes more than we did, but you know, not everyone likes that. So we went with bump in the night, interpreted a whole variety of ways by our storytellers that evening. We have a little something about like butt sex in a hotel room, a booty call at the foreigner's office here in Berlin, bondage in a van at a national park, rudely interrupted, but everyone was surprised. Yeah, it was a roller coaster to witness the show, and we are so happy to be bringing you some of those stories today. In between the stories, of course, we have some breaks for the fuck bucket, where I take anonymous questions and interpret anonymous confessions from the audience. And those are always a lot of fun. We try to keep those moving and high energy and and and, and rocking it forward. Sometimes we get straight out like real conversation starters happening right there in that space. So uh, keep an ear out for educational and entertaining. That is kind of our specialty. Sit down, strap in, and I will see you on the other side. There is something about hotels and gatherings, conferences, special events, conventions, that sort of thing, that has always made me do slightly stupid shit. Slightly stupid shit. Um, I don't know about you, I feel like this might be a common impulse when you're away from your kind of home base, your bed or wherever you normally fuck, and then you go to a hotel and everything goes out the fucking window. Or it would if the window could open, but it doesn't. So it just sits there and you're doing stupid shit in your hotel room. Um, I did some stupid shit in a hotel room uh, with butt stuff, which is even more stupid, right? Because butt stuff can get really risky. Um, I mean, just... Oh God, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Here's what happened, here's what happened. Um, I was at a, uh, ooh, what, it's not a convention really, it was just a special dance event that happened uh, on the regular uh, in my kind of hometown in, in New England and um, it was for fat people, so it was a BBW dance and uh, I wasn't really into like BBW as an identity or whatever, but I was fat and I did like to dance, so that was fine. Um, And I was going there with someone who I was seeing at the time, but clandestinely. I was going, he was like a secret lover and no one in the room that I was sharing at this hotel 
knew that he was my lover. It was one of those things where everyone was kind of like, yeah, we're all going to sleep in the same bed together. It's fine. It was all platonic, except he and I were definitely not platonic. All right. And we thought at first that would be totally cute. We're going to sleep in the same bed and it'll be cute and kind of loverly and lovely. But when no one knows that you're supposed to be together and you're supposed to be hiding it, it was rough. It was so rough that in the middle of the night, all of our caution went out the window and we decided we wanted to get to it. And you can't do when when you're trying not to creak the bed. When you're trying not to creak the bed, has anyone done this? Like everyone's looking at me like, oh my God, you're a terrible person. But like, we, we, you can't creak the bed. You can't move the bed because the people in the other bed are going to hear it. You know, the rustling of the sheets even, the, 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 you know. And I pretended to snore, right? I pretended. <laughs> and as if, as if karma was letting me know something, um, uh, 10 years later, I did start snoring uh, and developed a habit. <laughs> But back then I didn't actually snore, but I pretended to snore to cover up the rustling of the sheets kind of thing and the rearranging of the body on the bed. And we, we somehow, without words, because you can't even whisper, because you know they're going to hear it in the next bed. Without words, we somehow decided that we were, he was going to fuck my butt. He was going to fuck my butt. <laughs> Which is the sex act, I think, that requires the most communication anyway, right? No, no, too fast, too fast, too fucking fast, right? Like that sort of communication. And we couldn't do it that way because we, be quiet. Silent, we had to be silent, all right? So what ended up happening was the least satisfying butt sex of my life. Um, and I can say that definitively up to that point and afterward, it remains, it remains un, un, rivaled for how terrible it was because it was just like no lube because we didn't have the lube right 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 don't do what i did do what i say use the lube but back then it was kind of like well i can't get out and get the lube now uh okay i'm just gonna kind of edge up on it just kind of like push back a little bit on it and just breathe deeply <laughs> And slowly, like I was surprised that he kept hard for this whole time because it was, it took easily, easily 10 minutes to get all the way inside me. And he wasn't particularly long. It just took that long because I'm like, <sighs> 10 minutes, we, we, we kind of wriggled around and I was snoring the whole time. Remember, I was pretending to snore. So it couldn't have been that sexy for him. And I was just like, I, it was risky, it was unprotected sex, everything was fine as it turned out, it was not the best choice of things. He did eventually come and that was just like, I don't think anyone of the two of us got any satisfaction with him from that. <laughs> and, and frankly, that was it, but like, clean up, well, okay, that was a little bit, you know, because I hadn't done my normal sort of like pre-butt-fucking pre douching. And, uh, and then the next morning, it didn't matter. All of, our, all, of our, all of our precautions for quiet didn't matter because my, my next door, the woman who was in the next bed over is like, you snore a lot. <laughs> and all I could say was, I'm so sorry. And then I just felt my butt being a little bit moist and I was really sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I didn't have sex for five months due to health reasons. At this point, I don't even know what to do with my sexual energy anymore. The horniness is taking over. So not asking for suggestions, otherwise I would ask for all your suggestions right now, but uh, can I get an amen from everyone who can relate? Amen, baby. No one else can relate, you're taking care of it. It's all good. I'm going to drop these on the floor, but they'll be picked up later. One more, maybe two. So for those who are new to Smut Slam, there's a tradition, apparently, of people trying to bargain me upward to read more fuck buckets. I will, but you all got to be loud when you're cheering, all right? You got to be loud. I'm back after five months. I want to feel almost bowled over by people going, Cameron, you're back. This is me definitely being a narcissist. Uh, let's see. Oh, hey, what? Oh, wow. 
This is totally Halloween. This is great. This is great. I kind of want to have sex in a graveyard like Mary Shelley, but I wonder if it would be too disrespectful. I don't want to get cursed. You're not worried that it's disrespectful. You're worried that you're going to get cursed. That is purely self-interest right there. I uh, don't want to get cursed. Uh, too disrespectful. Too disrespectful. Is it disrespectful? Is it? Okay. Uh, raise your, no, round of applause if you think it is disrespectful. Don't fuck on a grave. I said round of applause. Okay. Uh, round of applause if you're like, fucking do it on the grave. I will just say that you should not turn over questions of ethics and morality to a group. Because someone's going to be like, yeah. What if it's my mom's grave and she was such a cunt during her life? You know, yeah, go, go on, do it. It's very personal. Uh, I kind of have to do another one, don't I? Yeah. Is this disrespectful? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so uh, many years ago, I lived on the big island of Hawaii, which was a really magical experience for me. You know, like it is a crazy primeval place. There are jungles. There are, you know, bugs the size of my hand, like cockroaches the size of my hand. There are also like blasted lava fields and like kiave trees, which are gnarled like out of a Tim Burton film. I've, I've had, I, I worked for a restaurant that was run by a former convict who, we, who was living under assumed name. I, I swam with sea turtles. I had these really amazing adventures and so many stories I learned there. But uh, eventually the, the, the party had to end and I had to go back to the real world and uh, go back to the mainland. And so on my penultimate night in Hawaii, uh, some friends of mine and my, my then girlfriend, we decided to go camping. And so we picked this valley in like the, the lava side, the Kona side, which is very like rocky, but had great cliff jumping. And so we went there during the day and it was no, it was kind of like a secluded place. There was no one around and it was great. We, we, we sort of set up shop, set up our tents like around. Uh, we're jumping in the water. We, we drank a bunch of beer, smoked some pod, other drugs here, there. You know, it was, it was a, a good time. It was a farewell and I was kind of moved and it was very poignant. We were like climbing one of those trees, like having a blast. And then the sun started setting and it was sort of this, this energy kind of, this sort of strange energy sort of rose in me. And first it was, it was a blood red sky. Like it was, it was massive. There were many amazing sunsets there. This one took them all, put them all to shame. And, and as I'm sitting there leaning against this tree, watching the sunset, I kind of feel this strange sense that I'm like being watched. And so I, like, I sort of look around, I look, and suddenly it was one of those giant bugs, a centipede, the side, like this long was like right there. I was like, what the fuck? And I, I went back and looked back and the entire tree was crawling with these things. And it was apparently, the, the, we'd be climbing on that earlier. We're like, fuck, I guess it was a nest. So we, we moved our tents a little bit further away and, uh, and then you know, made a bonfire. And, and then, you know, as, we, as you do in a bonfire, you know, we were grilling, we were making s'mores, but then we started telling ghost stories. And, you know, there were some good ones here and there, and, you know, my girlfriend's next to me, kind of snuggling up, and as, as they're getting scarier and scarier, she's, you know, you know, cuddling up, and it's great. And then um, my cousin starts telling this story about the night marchers in Hawaii. And the night marchers were, uh, this this legend that in the early days of the island, when there was the different tribes were trying to take each other over, there were a lot of battles. They were like, and they would go marching off to battle. They, they would make sweet love with their wives and then go marching off like full of vim and vigor. And then they would, you know, kill each other. And then the, the valleys would run bled, uh, red with blood. And, and to this day, you can still see them with their torches marching along. And this valley that we were actually camping on was the site of one of the most bloodiest valleys, uh, bloodiest fights that there was. And so we were all a little bit creeped out at that point, but we're like, ah, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter, it's fine. But I still, like, hearing that, I, I kind of had this, like, again, this sort of, like, tingling feeling, like, what the fuck, there's something up. But it doesn't matter. Like, the night wore on, and, you know, getting getting a little bit drunker, whatever. Uh, eventually, like, because my girlfriend's right there, like, we, I'm feeling the energy. She, it's my last night. We kind of 
escape and we go off to the the tent and we start kissing and then it's almost as if like the spirit of one of these warriors kind of came into me and I was like I'm leaving this island we have to fucking go and we start having sex like crazy like 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 there was no tomorrow because in many ways there wasn't and like we're fucking in every I'm making really a lot of noise there's no there's no insulation in tents I'm sure everyone heard everything but like it was still it was amazing and then like this and the release of it was just we both kind of climaxed together and it was fantastic and but the thing is she kind of fell asleep almost very soon thereafter it's almost like you know gender stereotypes reversed but I was kind of like there and I was like still full of energy it's like what's what am I going to do what am I going to do like and so I, I, I'm thinking about the, the I'm leaving I'm thinking about how I have to go and I'm getting a little nostalgic, a little sad, but then I'm still feeling this kind of sense that like there's something up. And eventually, like I can see the the the, the light kind of coming in through my tent. And so I just you know I'm just gonna go out, go for a walk. And I I unzip the tent and go out, and it's like a completely different world. There's as far as the eye can see, there's fog, but not fog. It's it's fog. It's volcano fog. It's actually like, the spewing of the volcano, and so like, and then all you can see is like the the black ah ah rocks everywhere. There's I can't see basically in front of my hand. I'm trying to like sort of stumbling around, and like I, I can sort of like smell the ocean, and so I walk towards there, and, and as, as I get to the ocean, like the fog kind of clears, and I see out, and it's it's a beautiful beautiful morning, like pre dawn. It's kind of the witching hour. And off in the distance, I see like a light on the horizon. And that's not uncommon. There's a lot of ships that go by. But this one was kind of different. Like it, it, at first, it, it wasn't like kind of moving steadily. It was sort of almost pulsing a little bit. And I'm like, what, what's that? That's, that's kind of strange. And then and as I'm watching, it's sort of pulsing a little bit larger, a little bit larger. And, and, then, I'm, and then I start seeing it. And it's kind of moving. It's moving a little bit, and it's moving with like a rhythm, almost as if someone's walking, almost as if it's a torch. And as I watch, like the, the light kind of comes closer and closer, and I'm transfixed. It gets to land, and it walks, and it's very clearly making movements, and it walks around, and it walks behind a bluff, and I'm like, and then I don't see it. And I'm like, and then I hear him, and I say, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, you're like, ah, I turn around, and my, it was my cousin. And he's like, and he, we both saw this strange light. And he's like, man, earlier, like, Tyler and I, we saw the same thing. We saw these two, like, stars that's, like, one circle around each other, and they shot off the, in the distance. And we're like, so was it aliens? Was it the ghost of a night marcher? Was it the lingering effects of the shrooms we took earlier? <laughs> the world may never know. And uh, that is my story. <laughs> <laughs> last, this is one of the few perks of my job is getting to laugh at it before anyone else does. Um, uh, last time I went to Kit Kat, my bum broke a flogger again. <laughs> Where can I buy good quality toys? Uh, I love these humble brags, right? Uh, my ass broke that broke a hairbrush. I just want to say, like the handle snapped off of the hairbrush. Thank you. Um, uh, where can I buy good quality toys? Uh, well, Other Nature definitely is, is, is high quality. They have high quality stuff across the board. They are not solely a kink store, but their kink selection is pretty impressive. And they are also, they also specialize in uh, vegan offerings. Um, I feel like you're going to have to look around for some handcrafted stuff. If your ass is routinely breaking like leather goods, I, I don't really know what that means. How do you break a flogger? Don't answer it. This is anonymous. Break the handle off, maybe? Just the, the leather freezes and snaps? I'm not sure what happens. OK, anyway. <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have permission to show you this illustration. I'll just try to describe it in a way that makes you as happy as it's making me. Um, in my first DS, that's Dom uh, Submissive Relationship, and it's a big open mouth smiley face with yay coming out in a speech bubble and really detailed googly eyes. In my first DS relationship, yay! Okay. Yay. Can I get a round of applause for someone in their first? You don't have to do BDSM to have a good time, but when someone's starting out, you want to give them all the encouragement that you can. Um, Oh, I made out with a guy named Jesus on a Sunday morning while the bells were ringing. <laughs> it's weird. 
don't recommend. <laughs> Unless you really want to blaspheme and have a good time at it. That's all right. Uh, probably, probably, the, well, I would guess the name is pronounced Jesus, which makes it slightly less weird to my English ears, but like, maybe it was Jesus. Maybe it was Jesus. <laughs> How's that for spooky? Oh, no, that's not spooky. Until recently, I, don't, I didn't know if I will ever come from vaginal penetration without serious help or outside input on the clit. But last night, that is recent, yes. Uh, last night, I had this really mind-blowing orgasm out of nowhere, no clitoral stimulation at all. Took me by surprise for sure, smiley face. Um, it's unfortunate it took you by surprise because now you don't know exactly what was going on uh, that got you there. And I want to point out, it's like, yeah, like most people with clits, uh, or many people with clits can't, uh, aren't going to reach orgasm with vaginal penetration. But, you know, it's not, if you're lazy, <laughs> if you're lazy, it's nice when you can, I suppose. Well done. Um, Mind-blowing orgasm out of nowhere. Man, those just take you, right? They boof, just knock you over. Okay. All right. They're like, oh, good sexy stories. This one started when I was walking to the Auslander Behörde. Ah. And I got a text from a guy saying, like, hey, I just looked back at some old messages from you from, like, years ago. And I saw we talking about some really interesting stuff. Who, who are you? Where, where, what was that about? And I was like, sorry, dude, I have no idea either. <laughs> um, he like, sent me some pictures of his profiles. And I was like, oh, you're the Viking dude. What? And I, this guy, we talked like when I first came to Berlin, like four years ago at this point, or four and a half, something like that. Um, and he was into cosplaying as a Viking. My name is Freya, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, obviously this had to happen. He was a super, super subby dude. Um, <laughs> ironic, right? And he was like, so we're like messaging a little bit back and forth on my way to Auslander Behörde. And then he's like, well, can I call you up? And I was like, well, I'm literally in the Auslander Behörde. Um, but sure, I'm not really into, my kinks don't involve like embarrassing the Ampton, but we'll, we'll give it a go. So we're like trying to have, like, have a conversation about, like, he basically had ghosted me for the past four years. He just hadn't been talking, like we're, we kind of half arranged to meet up, they didn't talk anymore, and he just said like, yeah, I don't know what happened there either, it was nothing, you didn't do anything wrong, it was entirely normal, I don't know what happened, never mind. What, so just, let's talk again about what you're into. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm really into, um, let me just text you this one because I don't want everyone around me to hear. Like, I'm into like pegging and, and, and then I, but also, and he's like, oh, you're also into, into like consensual non-consent. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really into that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, and we just continue like this, like trying not to make anyone else feel awkward around us um, for a while. And then like, I was like, okay, cool. So maybe we'll hang out sometime. Went to my house and never heard of appointment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I was like, carrying a message to him afterwards. And he was like, oh, and where are you now? I was like, oh, I'm just going, going past, going home on the Roomba. And he's like, oh, I'm in Schoenhaus Alley. And I'm like, oh, that's the next stop. <laughs> I mean, I, I've known the guy four years, technically. <laughs> so I'm not really into uh, fucking people on the first date, generally, but... I can, I can go around for a cup of tea. Yeah, sure, I'll come around for a cup of tea. So uh, I got to his place, and he's in an open relationship, and he tells me a bit about that, a tiny bit, and offers me the cup of tea, and, uh, and very rapidly he's on his knees in front of me, um, and, and, and taking his clothes off. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, like pulling his hair and like slapping him in the face and you know, kicking him in the balls, you know, all, all the good stuff that he's really, really enjoying and I'm really enjoying. And, uh, and like, I refuse to let him come, but he has to make me come a bunch of times. And then I remember the tea that he made me. And I recall a story from Smart Slam previously about a cup of tea. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I got my hot cup of tea and took it to his balls and pressed as hard as I could, which was very, very, very fun. He was terrified in a fun way. Like, he was like, like whatever I wanted to do with him, I could do with him. He was just like scared and like, like not actually scared, he was loving it. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I put his nipples as well. It was really, really fun. Um, and then we met up again another time and it was also hilarious. This time I did allow him to come. 
Um, <laughs> and, it, and again, we're like, afterwards we had a nice long chat, having a cuddle, talking about history. He's like a tour guide, talking about his relationship with his wife. They've been open for 14 years and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, we got along really, really well. I thought, oh, this is awesome. He's a kinky dude, we get along well, we have good sex, this could be a nice thing. And then he ghosts me again. <laughs> so uh, at least I got to make him suffer for it, unlike the other guys who ghost me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sitting here going, okay. Like, what is the, what do we owe to each other, right? For hookups and like, like first time things. What do, what do you think? Raise your hand. What do you owe to someone? You talk with them once. Maybe you never even get together, but you're talking. What do you owe to people? If you're like, yeah, yeah, I, something, something in your mind realistically is like, I don't have time for this. I don't have energy for this. I don't want to pursue this. Doesn't matter what. What do you owe to someone, if anything? I'm not trying to say that your guy was not being a dick about ghosting you, because clearly you felt it, all right? But like, what do you owe someone? This is not a rhetorical question. Nothing. 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 Kindness. Sorry? Kindness. Kindness. Like a little heads up, like, I, it's not necessarily about you, it's my energy level or whatever. Like, so, they don't so a little note. Maybe. You would do that. Uh, you try to do that, eh? I try to do that. Yeah, all right, a little kindness. A little note, a little line. You know, you don't have to go and like prostrate yourself on the ground unless you really enjoy doing that sort of stuff. But uh, you know, like a, a little bit of like, yeah, I, mm, yeah. So I don't know, but it sounds like he, he was just booty calling you on the way to Auslanderbehörde, which is just weird, weird. Okay. What? What? I recently got a Bumble account. Recently got a Bumble account and set my name to mom. <laughs> Last Sunday, a hot Frenchie I was making out with moaned mom to me. This happened exactly 15 minutes after he told me his mom died when he was seven. Yes, I told you, roller coaster. I gave you a warning, roller coaster, okay? Um, my partner and me, we occasionally go on kink events. Um, this one came a little spontaneous and I didn't know what to wear. So uh, I just put a random uh, harness together with the rope I had and it worked pretty fine. So um, we went to the event, we came back late night and um, we live in a shared apartment and then on our couch was our flatmate with his best friend watching a movie and I came in there with my outfit <laughs> and that guy was looking at me, like a little awkward, like, okay, good night. Uh -huh. So, uh, uh, next day I get a call, <clears throat> my flatmate's best friend, being like, hey, uh, I saw you doing these things. Uh, I am dating this girl and she's obviously really into bondage and I was wondering if you could teach me some stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, he was really cute and I was like, yeah, maybe I can, yeah, do you want this to be? Sexy, or do you want this to be playful? And he was like, playful. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so how are we gonna do this? <laughs> are we gonna do this at your place? Or like, I mean, I'm in a shared apartment. It's maybe a little awkward. And he's like, oh, I live in a van. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so um he's uh, he was suggesting going on a hike i'm like okay cool let's go on a hike. That's a i'll bring the rope you pick the route and we go on a hike um so we went on this hike uh, it was beautiful we it was nature we went to this um was that uh park and uh it, we didn't really find the right place where we could really start where I could start teaching him some things. But we were talking, like, what do you want to learn? And he was like, yeah, well, it would be cool to like do some handcuffs. I'm like, that's easy, cool. Uh, and then maybe like a ball gag. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, we can do that, okay. Uh, and then maybe, I mean, I saw you wearing this harness. Can you maybe teach me that? I'm like, yeah, cool, do that. 
And then it started raining. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and I almost thought that we had to make a second appointment and he came with that idea, like, hey, let's just do this uh, in the van on the parking lot. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was like approaching sunset, <laughs> it's getting slowly a little dark and we went in this van and I was, uh, we were doing the ball gag and we, yeah, we did a good job and then I was showing in some ties and it was also really, he was talented, he was a climber. <laughs> and then I asked him to do this whole thing that I just taught him on myself. So it was a little awkward. I wish I had a third person, but yeah. So he was tying me up and then I was somewhere there in his van on my knees, completely tied up. And uh, he found this ball gag and he was like, what if I put this in your mouth now? I'm like, yeah, cool. Go ahead. Like, Kind of, kind of wishful thinking, but yeah, I was still all dressed. It was a little awkward. Uh, and it was by the time really dark outside and night. So, and then we had a, we heard a bump at the door of the van. <laughs> we didn't really think about it. I didn't really, I could, couldn't react to anything. <laughs> And he opened the door. There was a park ranger <laughs> with a flashlight <laughs> shining into the van, <laughs> like freezing, being like, ma'am, are you all right? I'm like, <laughs> he made the mistake to answer. No, this is totally consensual. <laughs> Removed my ball gag and um, yeah, and then she uh, she turned around like three times, asked me if it's really if it's really okay. Uh, so yeah, and uh, then we promised to leave this parking lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> the end of the story. <laughs> One of my favorite kinds of smut stories is the kind where there are at least like three points during the story where you're like, oh God, and you don't know what it's going to be. It could be a bear. It could be a police ranger. It could be suddenly it went into like not consensual territory and you're like, oh shit. Ah. Terrifying. Well done. Well done. Good. I mean, I love all smuts, but like that's the stuff that gets me on the edge of the seat. You know what I'm saying. Wow. Bless the park ranger that they checked, right? That they should be diligent. They should be fucking diligent on that. Right? Okay, so I'm gonna read this and we're all just gonna, at the end, we're gonna go like, hmm, like, yes, that should be so, like, let it be, all right? We're having a little magic moment here for this person, okay? I want to be domed by my queer partner to give our newly rekindled relationship the spicy, sexy experience it needs and to receive the punishment I crave for causing unnecessary pain in the first place and to return the power to her that I held for too long. Hmm. All right. I was spooning while watching a scary movie. This was great. And the guy got really horny. He then proceeded to fuck me from behind while I was stuck staring at the people getting brutally slaughtered on screen. <laughs> I still came smiley face. Um, okay, I'm terrified. Uh, my name's Valerie. It has not always been Valerie, and that's going to be part of the story. Um, basically, I've been here for 20 years. Um, most of that was on a refugee visa because the world is complicated. I'm from the US. I escaped Florida and uh, uh, pretended to be British to purge my southern accent. And uh, in New York, I was there until 20 years ago when I left during the trans ban during Pride, which is a thing, and I'm just pointing out Life is weird and kind of like a sitcom. I'm here to tell a horror story. There might not be a punchline at the end, but um, 
Okay, just one, we need to read the room. So if you hear a word that makes you think of a villain, I really invite you to boo, um, because it will allow me to continue the story. So this is the story of how a ghost saved me from having sex with a Nazi. Thank you. I wasn't sure, and I'm kind of tolerant of other people's opinions, which might be why this is a problem and why I'm telling the story. So this is a story told in hindsight, because... Yes. Uh, step one, grew up goth, uh, southern goth. Southern goth is different from goth apparently everywhere else because it's queer as fuck. So if you're familiar with Anne Rice, Poppy Z. Bright, Marilyn Manson is the most mainstream example. There is a deconstruction of gender that is just part of the goth scene. Every goth club from Florida, Georgia, Alabama that I ever went to was a gay bar every other night of the week and there was a drag show going on half the time during goth night. So you need to understand this as part of a, of a, of a formula. So I am in a black trench coat, black boots, and this is just sort of a uniform. So let's jump forward in time. I have cancer. I have chemotherapy. Chemo can change things. In this case, it took all my hair, except for these giant caterpillar eyebrows. So it looked kind of intentional. Now if we combine these two, tall person, trench coat, boots. Yeah, you're, you're figuring it out right now. To a person with just skin on their head. Um, uh, these things combine to make you attractive to a certain type of person. Now, um, we jump ahead to me meeting, uh, you know, going on a date. Oh, we go to this bar, say, be careful. The police raid this bar all the time. This did not set off a red flag, but makes much more sense in hindsight. We're, we're, we're drinking with the BBC hooligan reporter. Also a clue. Um, and um, if we pan back, we would probably see a bunch of other people with these skinned heads that I'm describing. Um, however, I don't know. Um, and um, this is more me justifying a terrible, horrible experience. Um, so the thing is, is that we're drinking. We go back to their place. Oh, wait, oh, sorry. Um, they, um, they were into role playing. Um, and unfortunately, not the sexy kind. This was, they did a historic LARP. Yeah, now I, I used to, I, I was still working for Dungeons and Dragons at the time. So, oh yeah, this is cool. I like role playing. This is cool. We can chat about this. Oh, I. I'm understanding, oh, you're, they're kind of vague, interesting. So we get back to their place drunk, it's fine. Uh, the lighting is low, this is important. Um, and um, they, we proceed to fool around, and you know how you can just to the edge of a cliff before you know, you're falling? Um, this is, sexually speaking, um, I did not have sex with a Nazi, but it was very much the cliff's edge. And this is the moment where they look up at me, in this dark, smoky, candlelit room, and tell me the ghost of Goebbels lives inside your dick. <laughs> now, at this point in time, I look to my left because they seem to look to the left, and there's a giant portrait. Followed up by giant cartoon Looney Tunes hole in the wall and I am gone trying to piece together how the fuck this happened. And this is the story that I have shared with you. Thank you. The U.S. South is a complicated place. It is a deeply complicated place. Holy shit. Uh, also, it's amazing what horniness will make you do. Like, it totally blurs the edges of your vision sometimes. It's good to wake up. Huh? I draw the line. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Those particular ghosts, yes. Don't get to live in anyone's dick. Um, <laughs> what the fuck am I even talking about now? <laughs> like what you made me do? Yeah. Um, I recently overcame my fear of having sex in a club. It was awesome. Smiley face. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, your emoticons and your smiley faces give me life. They are so fucking wholesome and delightful. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, definitely one of my favorite things here. Okay. 
How to talk about not wanting penetration. Um, okay, so you start with that and you got your basic formula right there. I don't want penetration, right? So you just say that. You can say that. Practice saying that. You should say this sort of thing. If you're talking with someone who wants penetration, you should say this sort of thing before you are at the cliff's edge of having penetration. You want to have this conversation with a potential fun times, sexy times partner, um, not in the bed or the club or wherever you're about to have sex. You want to have it somewhere else, neutral. I find that Starbucks is really good for that because you kind of have to I like a lot of, like Starbucks. Anyway, it's like, uh, I am that basic. All right. But like, no, no. But like in a, a neutral joint, you can pick some place like a nice, uh, nice coffee shop, but like some place where you kind of have to be kind of natural tone about it and, and quiet and calm about it, right? You're just talking about it um, and, and you just want to say like, what are the things that we want to do? And you can say then, I don't want penetration, okay? That's how you talk about it. If you're worried about talking about it because they might not want to do stuff with you and they turn out to not want to do stuff with you, then you dodged a bullet and you're fine, all right? If they don't agree to what you want, then you're just as well out of that mess. There you go. I'm thinking about getting into competitive squirting. I'm a, I'm a bottomless ocean. And then it's just like squirt, squirt, squirt. Should give workshops. Yeah. Should give workshops. I did not know there was competitive squirting. Now we do. Now we do. I once facilitated a masturbatathon where somebody set up in a, that's a whole sentence that leads into something else, um, <laughs> that um, somebody set up in a sex sling, so off the floor about this high. It was a low kind of dungeon space, you know, maybe like another four feet up maybe or three feet up. Uh, maybe as high as the top of that thing. This woman, when her partner just leaned over and said, it was like, this is competitive squirting, I'm sure of it, just leaned over and whispered something in her ear, because it was a masturbatathon, he wasn't allowed to touch her, right? You had to do it to yourself. And he leaned over, said something in her ear, she squirted, and it hit the ceiling. <laughs> it hit the ceiling. And most of the other masturbators in the room were gay guys, were gay cisgender dudes, and they had never seen a woman squirt. And they were like, <laughs> What just happened? <laughs> you should go for your dreams of glory as a competitive squirter. Uh Hi. <laughs> um, before I start the story, I just want to say, like, I'm suffering from some dry eye. I just got laser eye surgery. So oh. if I am blinking weirdly and my eyes look a bit creepy, it's probably <laughs> <laughs> just um, ignore it. So this is, I don't know, the story spans a few years, but we'll start off with being a teenager, and we've all been there, hopefully. Um, but I, I was a very sporty teenager, but very socially awkward. Um, and I used to, uh, yeah, play a lot of sports, had a good friend of mine, uh, Hannah, and she had a, an older brother, and we used to carpool to and from school um, because we lived like two minutes away from each other. And uh, Hannah's older brother, Sam, was possibly the most beautiful boy I've seen in my entire life. Um, about two or three years older than us. And we played the same sports, myself and Hannah, so we would come back home from school at the same time and um, just one of these car trips, Sam was had one of his uh, his school friends with him, also extremely attractive boy, and I'm sitting in the middle seat of the back seat of the car with in between two of the most beautiful boys I've seen in my entire life. And instead of enjoying the moment, all I could think desperately was how badly I needed to not piss my pants <laughs> because um, yeah uh, we did we did make it home fine and um, I think it just 
scarred me and left me with this feeling of um, just complete inadequacy. And we fast forward a few years where I have, um, you know, left high school. I'm about 19, and we're going. I'm going. Uh, climbing outdoors regularly and I'm at my favorite campsite and I'm with my friends and it's you know an environment where I feel like confident and and like in my element and I love climbing and I'm there twice a month if I can and um, the campsite has these beautiful like fire pits and uh, we also um, <clears throat> sorry, share the campsite with uh, mountain bikers. So we're um, at the campfires one evening and um, yeah. Sam is there, so, uh, completely out of the blue. I hadn't seen him in years. Um, and we start like chatting around the fire and drinking and I just like start shrinking back into this like small teenage version of myself and I've got like my hair in these little pigtails and I've got this beanie on and I just like it's cold and I just stop feeling like smaller and smaller and more embarrassed and like we're talking and um, eventually I just I get to a point where I'm like I have to you know go I have to put myself to bed um, because I just like I don't feel great um, so I like go crawl into my little sleeping bag and I'm, like super cozy and warm and it's it's pretty cold like maybe close to zero um, and then I just hear this like little shake outside of my tent and I'm like poke my head out and it's Sam and he's like hey can I how do you feel if I come and climb into your tent with you um, and um, at that point in my life, I think that was the best sex I had ever had. I, like, it was a very small tent. I was getting my pigtails pulled, and it was just amazing. Thank you. What did I tell you? That is some good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to us today. I, I do want to go back and quickly apologize for the pause in our in our production schedule. We just had to take a summer break. I was touring for four months and uh, and and hit the ground running over here. But honestly, everyone needs a little break during the summer. So we're so glad you could join us for for this episode, and we are ready to get regular uh, for. This particular episode, I want to thank Crack Belmer for having us back indoors. Uh, normally in Berlin, we have a four-month-long sort of garden slam season, and, and October 23rd was our first time back under a roof. Crack Belmer here in Berlin is a spectacular venue, very cozy, very lovely, and they do some really groundbreaking work in the field of uh cabaret and variety performances and we're so happy to be in their program so crack belmore check them out i also want to give a shout out to safer sex berlin safer sex berlin is it's pretty much what it says on the tin it's telling you how to stay safe in a non-prudish way uh, when you are getting down with folks here you can find them online at safersexberlin.com Com. I also want to mention our Patreon. Um, that is something that you can join and support. The cause of your life is awesome. Uh, every month you just do a little tiny amount and that helps keep us going with costs of editing, costs of recording, and generally the work that goes into putting this podcast together. So join us at Your Life is Awesome over on Patreon. And finally, I want to let you know what's going on in the world of Smut Slam. I did say Smut Slam has a pretty intense international network, and you are going to find out about that if you go to smutslam.com and look at our directory. Coming up in the next, gosh, that's in the next week here, we've got a, a nice little chunk of offerings for you. Where in, Well, not, I was going to say wherever you might be. It's not true. It's in three very specific locations. November 5th. I am so excited. I'm going to Barcelona for the first time. November 5th, that is happening at Teatro Meta Metamorphosis. Teatro Metamorphosis. Um, we've got a spectacular sort of new judges panel. There's only like one person, two people in Barcelona coming to that show who know what's going to happen. Everybody else 
does not know. I'm so looking forward to dropping this fucking perv bomb on her head. All right. So that's November 5th in Barcelona. November 7th in Boston. We are looking at another fantastic slam at Arts at the Armory. That's in Somerville, actually. Uh, but most people know Boston better than Somerville. Anyway, that is pay at the door. So there's no tickets available online. You just got to show up and hope you can get in. November 7th, that's Tuesday. And Wednesday, November 8th, our host, Dee Dee Brazier, who's handling all the slams in Western Canada. She is uh, hitting it big there at the Limelight in Winnipeg with Smut Slam there. So you want to check that out. Let your people know in those areas that we are coming their way. And I finally, I, I know I said finally before this, but actually, I, if you're looking for more about what I personally, Cameron Moore, am up to, well, I'm off tour. So that was four months going hard and heavy across Canada. Uh, I don't have any shows personally set up for the for the rest of this year here in Berlin, but I'm fully expecting to get some guest spots. In the meantime, though, here's your seasonal appropriateness. I am firing up my typewriter again and getting ready for uh, the, the, the gift onslaught for Sidewalk Smut. That's where I type up stream of consciousness short, like really brief erotica for people. Um, on commission. Basically, I do a short little interview by email, and then I take that, run it through my dirty, filthy, creative mind, and pour it back out onto the paper in the form of um, of fantastically personally crafted smut for you. Comes in half page and full page sizes. I also do subscriptions and advent calendars by request. So if you are interested in that, you can go check me out on Facebook, Sidewalk Smut, or drop me a line. You can find a way to contact me through the Smut Slam website. Uh, get in touch with me for your own custom erotica, handcrafted, especially for your particular delight. That is going to be it for us today. Uh, do, do make sure to send around the link for this podcast to all your people. If they are in a location where we are coming, they should know about, about this, about Your Life is Awesome, because you get to hear everybody else in the network. If they're in a location where Smut Slam isn't yet, this is the perfect way to get them to want a live Smut Slam happening in their town. Uh, and if, if if it's just like, if they're too far away from any of my routes, then that's fine. You can always find a little bit of Smut Slam right here. Right here. Your life is awesome. We bring it to you as often as we can. Thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks to Mark, our podcast editor here. And enjoy toys. And thanks to you for listening. Remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smutslam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about SmutSlam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.